The Chicago Bears admitted a mistake by releasing defensive end al Kadeen Muhammad this weekend. It firmly establishes pass rusher as the number one need on this roster this offseason. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. On the show today, we look at the release of al Muhammad and the major pass rush need the Chicago Bears have this offseason that puts it above everything else. We'll kind of look at the edge rusher group, what's still left on this roster and where that need really is and where it isn't right now. We'll look at the interior defensive line, the defensive tackle spots, and kind of evaluate where things stand there with Justin Jones and whether he should be the next salary cap casualty, even though the Bears don't really give any indication in that direction. And we'll wrap up by looking at what kind of options Ryan Poles will have in free agency to try and fill these pass rushing needs entering the NFL draft so you don't go into the draft feeling like you have to take Will Anderson or you have to take Jalen Carter because you just need that one guy at that one position. You want to have that flexibility come draft day. But releasing al Muhammad this weekend to save some salary cap space was Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, not an individual blame here, but collectively, Admitting a mistake, admitting the player that they signed did not pan out the way that they had hoped and that the pass rush as a whole needs to be better this upcoming season. And I think it's a good thing that they can admit failure, admit when they were wrong, admit that they made a mistake and can do better for this team this time around and not be so stubborn in saying, well, he's our guy. He's Matt Eberflus's guy. We're going to keep putting him out there and keep trying to make that work. Because when they brought him in, there was a certain optimism there, right? It wasn't like excitement. wasn't like, oh, we got a steal, like he's going to be a stud. But there was a feeling of like, okay, he spent four seasons in Indianapolis with Matt Eberflus. There's a very real connection there. He knows the defense has could, could have maybe a little bit more of a leadership role coming over to this team. And he worked his way up from a, a backup and a rotational guy to become the Colts starter his last season there and had a career high six sacks. And the idea was that maybe he wouldn't come to Chicago and be a 10 sack guy all of a sudden, like he wasn't going to take this massive leap forward. But the idea was that he would at least be the same guy, if not a little bit better with pairing him with at the time, Robert Quinn and some other pieces in this Bears front seven, that maybe he could continue to grow in his career trajectory. And he comes to Chicago and has... One sack and ends up kind of falling out of the rotation, gets benched, is no longer a starter by the end of the year, and the Bears cut him and save a handful of million dollars on the salary cap. He had been signed to a two-year deal 
mostly with one year guaranteed and the second year look to be a team option, essentially. The Bears could decide whether they want to cut him with very little consequences or keep him and have him around for another year at a very similar cost. And they, again, took the more, I think, wise and well-rounded decision to say, yeah, this pass rush needs to be better. We don't need to sit here and go back through exactly how bad this pass rush was this year. There's plenty of statistics that highlight that pretty well, but we just keep in mind how much of an impact that can have on the secondary and the rest of the defense and how important it is to have a very good pass rush. That's not just, though, the edge rusher position, the defensive end and and Al-Qadim Muhammad. That will include the interior defensive line pass rush as well, which we'll get to in a little while here on the podcast today. But as you look at this group last year, Al-Qadim Muhammad kind of becomes the scapegoat for a group that lost Robert Quinn during the season anyway and wasn't very good even with him and never really had a lot else. You know, Travis Gibson didn't take a big leap forward the way I think a lot of Bears fans were hoping to see him make further progress and more progress than he did. Dominique Robinson was about as raw as we expected. I don't know that we expected him to come in and have a big impact, but, you know, clearly a guy that's not not ready to be an every down player and can splash and flash a little bit here and there. But, we, you know, this was really a, a pass rush as a whole that was bad at multiple levels. And it goes beyond Al-Qadim Muhammad, but there were certainly expectations for Muhammad to be somebody that could be more than what the Chicago Bears actually got from him in that defensive end rotation. And so now you look, Muhammad's gone, Robert Quinn is gone, and really the only notable players coming back under contract, the ones that, you know, I don't even call them household names, but Bears fan household names, are Travis Gibson and Dominic Robinson. There's a couple of those, like, bottom of the roster guys who won't make it past training camp that are still under contract, but your two pass rushers right now are Travis Gibson and Dominic Robinson. Ideally, you get to a point where those two are your number three and number four defensive ends in the rotation, respectively. You get two new starters to be the true starters, and then Gibson comes off the bench as the first guy off the bench, and then Robinson comes off the bench passing downs, passing situations. You kind of pick and choose your battles for him as he continues to learn a position that was otherwise really new for him last season will still be new for him and new in that process. Maybe it's unrealistic to get two stud starters and you get one surefire starter and then you get one other player to replace Al-Qadim Muhammad and kind of rotate with Travis Gibson and try that again. But I would like to aim higher first, try and get between the draft and free agency, two new bona fide starting defensive ends to boost your pass rush here. Don't, don't make yourself have to rely on Travis Gibson as a significant part of the rotation. Not that Travis Gibson doesn't have value, but just because I do want to aim higher. Like that's, again, when you have this cap space and all of these draft picks, let's see if we can do even better. Because Gibson had seven sacks a couple of years ago, but that was with Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn when he was the number three guy in that pass rush rotation. Let's try and recreate that as opposed to feeling like we have to make him a starter just because he's played some starting role here and, and has shown some development in his career. Let's aim higher, and we can always fall back on that if we absolutely need to. The Bears also need to aim higher at the interior defensive line position. Maybe it's too far to call Justin Jones a mistake, but he sure seems to me like a guy that I would consider cutting. We'll make the case and look at what else they have on the interior defensive line next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is powered by Built Bars, the world's best tasting protein bars ever. Bringing you this podcast today, it's it's Fat Tuesday. It's 
Mardi Gras. It's a time to indulge. But what I love about Built Bars is that you don't need to indulge. It's not an indulgence. They're good for you, but they taste like you're getting away with something because they're soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% real chocolate. They really do taste like candy bars. I eat them like I get to have a candy bar, but it's low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. We've been telling you about how you can get Built Bars nice and easy on Built.com and find all the flavors there, but you can now get them even more quickly by heading to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Your Walmart has over in the pharmacy section, the four bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. I have the cookies and cream right now in my pantry. They taste like a Milky Way to me, and they're really, really delicious. I love them and eat one pretty much every single day. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with two of their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. I also have the brownie batter puffs, and, and I mean, it tastes like brownies in a candy bar. It's so good. Trust me. Go get some Built Bars. Try them. Enjoy them. You'll thank me later. The Bears admitted some mistake with al Qadin Muhammad, and I can't help but feel like Justin Jones was not as much of a disappointment as al Qadin Muhammad, but I'm not sure that he's a guy that I'm super jazzed about paying almost $8 million this year to be a guy that I don't particularly want in the starting lineup. We've heard already this offseason, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus at their post-regular season press conference praise Justin Jones as a guy that they were seem to be happy with and satisfied with. And in all indications are that they plan to bring him back and have him be a part of this defensive line this year. I, I didn't necessarily see it as a guy that like must bring back. It's not like, oh yeah, you got to cut him. He's trash. You know, this guy sucks. Get him off the field. He's making the team worse. But I really didn't think he played well. I thought he looked worse this season than he did last year with the Chargers and maybe, you know, worse supporting cast, worse defense around him. So I understand having belief in him as a guy that you think can still be better next season on a two-year deal and entering the second year of his deal. But it is a, a position where the Bears could cut him and save, you know, five, six million dollars on his salary and keep things rolling. You know, he, he had the three sacks this year. That was how many he had last year with the Chargers. But he had a pretty low pass rush win rate that didn't really take a step forward. He, he was the best of the Bears defensive linemen this year, or the defensive tackles in terms of pass rush ability. But, you know, that's the best of maybe the worst defensive tackle group in the NFL. And so I find myself feeling similarly about Justin Jones as I do about Travis Gibson in the sense that ideally I want two new defensive tackle starters and make Justin Jones, ideally, your number three defensive tackle in the rotation. I don't know if the Bears will do that, given the way they praised Justin Jones earlier this offseason. It sounds to me like if he's not going to be the starter, he's going to be a, a frequent rotator in there. And, and maybe you know, I'm okay with I'm okay with him being a frequent member of the rotation, but I just don't want to have to rely on him as like the number one interior pass rushing threat. We have to keep in mind that the way we look at interior pass rushers is not the same scale to which we look to edge rushing defensive end pass rushers. You know, you don't, you can't expect the same types of sack numbers or even overall pressure numbers from that defensive tackle position. But the way I like to look at it is like comparing defensive tackles against defensive tackles and edge rushers against edge rushers. And if you look at the rate in which defensive tackles won their pass rushing snaps. How often did they beat the blocker in front of them? 
Justin Jones last year ranked, hold on, let me, I just had it and I lost it. Justin Jones ranked 79th among defensive tackles, winning about 7.4% of his pass rushes last year, according to Pro Football Focus. He's getting paid almost $8 million. I think he's like the 26th highest paid defensive tackle, but ranked, again, 79th in how often he was winning his pass rushes last year. So that's where I kind of feel like, can I cut him and get a pretty good similar player for the same amount of money I'm going to save on him and not have to invest so much at that position and take a swing on another guy that might be able to do some damage? All well, clearly pursuing much bigger and better options at both the defensive tackle and defensive end positions. I do understand that right now they have very little else under contract at defensive tackle. Armand Watts is a free agent. Angelo Blackson will be a free agent. And Mike Pinnell Jr. will all be free agents. The Bears could chill, could still choose to re-sign one or two or three of them. I'm kind of of the impression that all three of those guys are, you know, replaceable, unspectacular. I, I, Armand Watts is the one that I think there's still some upside there. I, I he did even worse as a pass rusher than Justin Jones last season. Like I said, Jones had the highest of the Bears pass rushers, but Watts is still, what, 26 years old, turns 27 this offseason. He's only been in the NFL like four-ish years. I don't think he's at his prime peak yet, and he had five sacks two years ago with the, with the Minnesota Vikings in that rotation. So I wouldn't hate having Armand Watts back as that number four, right? If Justin Jones is your three, Watts is your four, and you have two clearly better players ahead of them, I'm okay with that as my defensive tackle rotation. I don't want Justin Jones as my number one pass rusher on the defensive tackle and Armand Watts as his number one backup and just sign a couple of nose tackles like Angelo Blackson and Mike Pinnell again, right? That's that's what I would like to avoid. And the more talent you can add at the top, the more you can push better players down the depth chart here and you know still keep some of these young guys that you might like, but just not have to rely on them for quite as much. It's also important to keep in mind that run defense would be a slightly bigger factor at the defensive tackle spots than it will be at the edge rusher spots, just in terms of what they're tasked with in run defense, what their responsibilities are. It's not to say that it's not, it's not important for defensive ends, but it's just sort of different skill set, different style, different level of difficulty involved in that process. And so the decision the Bears make at defensive tackle won't be as pass rush focused as I would like the edge rusher decisions to be. It's more of a priority there than it is on the interior, but still it's definitely a big part of this equation. And fortunately, it's not a deep free agent class, but as it stands right now, the Bears will have some options to address pass rush this offseason ahead of the NFL draft so they can go into draft day with their needs mostly filled and have flexibility to take whatever they want. Dive into that draft class a little bit deeper and find out who's out there even beyond just the top names that we've been talking about all offseason next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. And it's the number one sportsbook for you because right now, new customers are going to get a no-sweat first bet for free up to $1,000. That's free money back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use, even with football season out of the mix now, right? You can still bet ahead on the NFL draft. You could bet on XFL football right now. And we're also right at the midpoint of the NBA season to get some of your bets in as well. So there's a lot of different ways you can play and win with FanDuel. 
So don't miss out on your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL and NBA. We know that Deron Payne and Javon Hargrave are the big fish when it comes to defensive line free agency and in a lot of ways, pass rush free agency for the Bears. And it gets a little bit weak beyond that. And there's some guys to like, there's some upside there, but I think we might want to make sure we just don't get our hopes up too high. We've talked a little bit before on this podcast about how it seems unlikely or based on what we're hearing that the commanders are going to try their hardest to let or to keep Deron Payne in Washington and not let him hit the free agent market due to some other circumstances with other players on their roster. So the Bears might not even have a chance to sign Deron Payne. And then it becomes Javon Hargrave as kind of the big fish. And will they want to shell out the top dollar, most expensive defensive lineman on the market for a guy who's 30, 31 at that, at that stage of his career? Maybe, but it, it does shrink the pool there and add the, you know, decrease the, deba- the supply while the demand definitely remains high. And it's a similar story at the edge rusher position where a guy I've talked about in this podcast a couple of times already in free agency talk, Marcus Davenport from the Saints to me seems like the very clear top target if I'm the Bears looking at an edge rusher. And he's not the every year 10 sack guy either. So you're already kind of going in. He's, he's not at the Deron Payne, Javon Hargrave level of player. But I do think... Davenport is a guy who's got the upside and is good value based on where you're going to sign him at this stage and can be that bona fide pass rusher alone on his side. And I know if you haven't heard us talk about Davenport, people will say, but Lauren, Davenport only had 0.5 sacks this season in 15 games with the New Orleans Saints. Why do we want that bum? He's clearly not a consistent enough pass rusher. And to not beat the, to not go through the whole thing again, when you look at his pass rush win weight, like we talked about with Justin Jones and with, Armand Watson them. I don't have his number in front of me, but over the past four seasons, his pass rush pass rush win rate, the amount of the, the rate in which he is winning his one-on-one pass rushing snaps has been pretty much the same the last four years within a percentage or two in either direction. And over the last four years, he's had six sacks, one and a half sacks, nine sacks, 0.5 sacks. So each year he's been about as productive as a pass rusher. His sack numbers have just gone up and down based on whether he's finishing those plays at the quarterback, how quickly the quarterback is getting rid of the ball, you know, how offenses are trying to change their blocking schemes and how they're responding to him being on the field. And he's also been injured in two of those seasons, or I think a few of those seasons, actually. He's had some minor injuries that have limited his sack production as well. So with Davenport, don't get caught up on his sacks. He gets pressures at a very consistent rate throughout his career. And the low sack numbers should just keep that overall price down more so than if he had the high sack numbers all four seasons. But once you get past those guys, Davenport and Hargrave and maybe Deron Payne, if he becomes available, it becomes more of these rotation type guys that I kind of would like to avoid, but it's free agency. You don't have any other choice to try and fill some of these holes, you know, like at at the edge rusher spot, you got some tweeners that have some upside, like Kyle Van Noy with the Chargers last year, or Lorenzo Carter with the Falcons last year, but they're both more like Longer, thinner, like stand-up outside linebackers that could probably play the four-three, but would be a little bit slight in the flame in the in the, fl- in the frame. Um, and 
you wonder how well that will perfectly transition if they need to hold up more physically and run defense, if they have the size and strength. Yes, the schemes are flexible and, and they're, they're very you know, multiple in that way, but it adds some amount of question mark there. It's not a guaranteed red flag. It's just a question mark, something to consider. Or you get like some other younger upside guys that have had some flashes, but this kind of describes Al-Qadim Muhammad where it's like, oh yeah, they played pretty well with their other team, but haven't quite been the guy, but maybe you bring him to Chicago and he could be the guy. And that's the risk they took with Muhammad and they knew Al-Qadim Muhammad. They had him on their roster. So like, I don't love the idea of trying to play that game again with, you know, Charles Amenahue or Samson Ebukam from the 49ers who were both really good in a really good 49ers defense. So you take them out of that defensive line, put them in Chicago with less big names to take the attention and will they be as good? I, I'm, I'm not sold on that. Or Arden Key from Jacksonville finally had a big year this year, but like never been like the 10 sack guaranteed pass rusher guy. So these all kind of become guys that I feel like, sure, you could rotate any of those three with Travis Gibson and call that one side starter, but I still want the other starting spot really locked down by a solid player if I can do anything about it. If I can find any way to do that, I really want a better other pass rusher there on the other side and still add somebody then to rotate in with the Travis Gibson as the other quote-unquote starter if I absolutely have to. So it feels to me like that's the more realistic free agent path because it's Davenport or bust then. And even Davenport's like not, I don't know. It's, it's a tough free agent class of, of edge rushers for sure. Interior defensive line, of course, once you get past Hargrave and Payne, then there's still some younger guys with upside. I think there's a real drop off there. Those two, Hargrave and Payne, are the Pro Bowl caliber guys. There's guys like uh, David Onyemeta from the New Orleans Saints, who's had some real pass rushing production despite suspension this year, but in the last couple of years, he's had some pretty good pass rushing there. Uh, Dremont Jones, Draymond Jones from the Denver Broncos. It's more of the 3-4 defensive end, but they kind of move him around their whole defensive line. He's had some good pass rush production and some upside there. Similar thing for Zach Allen with the Arizona Cardinals. Another guy, though, that you know played with J.J. Watt a lot, and J.J.'s getting all those double teams. Allen's getting a lot of one-on-ones, and he's not going to have that same attention-grabbing player necessarily next to him in Chicago unless the Bears get Deron Payne or Javon Hargrave, or Marcus Davenport, and Jalen Carter, or Will Anderson. Like, you can start to piece some of this together. But ideally, you don't want to go into draft day saying, there's a huge hole at defensive end, but you got your defensive tackles together. So you have to make sure you get Will Anderson, and you better not trade down too far and miss out on Will Anderson, or else, you know, you're going to have this hat, this hole at the edge rusher spot and have to settle for one of the worst, you know, the lesser edge rushers in this draft class and ultimately miss out on that opportunity to get the guy that maybe could be that 10 sack, 10 year type player in your defense, the clearly the best player at his position, at that position of need for the Chicago Bears. Will this free agent class cooperate with that? We'll see. There's also still time for more edge rushers and defensive tackles to become available as salary cap casualties from other teams that might actually be better players than like Al-Qadim Muhammad and, and Justin Jones. Khalil Mack is a name that has been thrown out there. Leonard Floyd is a name that had been thrown out there. Not guys that are at the peaks of their careers right now, exactly, but still quality players that could be fun to bring back to Chicago. We did a whole podcast, actually, on potential veteran salary cap casualties from other teams that the Chicago Bears should be interested if they do indeed hit the free agent market this year. So you can go check out that podcast if you need some more Lockdown Bears, because we really appreciate you making Lockdown Bears your first listen. You can always make Lockdown Bears your second listen as well and go back and listen to past episodes that you haven't listened to yet. However you do it, just make sure that you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening or watching on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. 
We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day, and that includes all of your sports teams, whether it's Chicago sports or not. We got podcasts for MLB, NBA, NHL, and a lot of college sports across the country. So go find your other Lockdown Podcasts for your team. Come on back tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Bears and another opportunity for you to bear down.